Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. And hello, everyone, and welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Hey, y'all. It is season three. Holy moly. How have we gotten three seasons through this show? It's just been a year. Just, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just been 52 weeks and 365 <laughs> days. Uh, I'm kidding. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting close. We're getting close to the year anniversary and we're going to stop talking about time because I loved hearing one the other week, listening back in a Q&A and we're like talking about snow on the ground and it's oh, like 95 yeah. degrees outside. And I'm like, <laughs> well, to be fair, that's just called spring in the South. That could be Monday and Tuesday. My grandma said we're going to get a Blackberry winter. So that, that means we're going to get one more cold snap. Oh. Because when there's blackberries. Is that good for blackberries or bad for them? Sounds it's bad. It's bad for your plants. Probably great for blackberries. It's it's their winter. Oh. I just assume it's like hot girl summer. <laughs> but for blackberries. Hot blackberries. You like, <laughs> yeah. You like that joke? It's about 10 months old. <laughs> and by the time this comes out, it'll be about 14 months old. So that's a goodie. <laughs> just shake the dirt off that in the age, will you? Like a blackberry. Mm. <laughs> it's actually my favorite fruit. Blackberries? Yeah. Oh, I hate them so much. Oh. Okay, Ugh. well, get out. Well, you get out. <laughs> I can Just nasty little seeds uh, in your teeth. I love dirt. them. They're my favorite. Really? Now, like, I'm frozen, too. I didn't know that about you. Can we still be friends? I guess. <laughs> we have a podcast together, so. I mean, I'll look through the blackberry <laughs> eating. Uh, They're so terrible. Well, what's your favorite fruit? Strawberries. Oh, no, Pineapple. probably an apple. An apple? Probably, yeah. Or, oh, nope. Watermelon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watermelon's probably that about my favorite. You. Very southern of you. But I also very much like apples. Yeah. I don't think, mine kind of rotates sometimes, mm. but. I would never pick a berry. like my classic fit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I like berries. I mean, I'll eat them, but that would not be my favorite. Yeah. I like grapes. Yeah. I do like pineapple. Yeah. Cantaloupe. Yeah. Honeydew. Yeah, you're not even getting it. You're getting into all like what I feel. Is, there's not American, but it feels like <laughs> American fruit. Like I like papayas and mangoes and, you know, the good tropical stuff. I that don't like doesn't mango. taste as good here. Yeah, it's because we don't do a good job transporting fruit here. Mm. So like I feel like you may change your mind. If I had one in Thailand? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Got to get it from the source. This is true. Sweet tea and TV road trip. Okay. Southern Thailand. There you go. It works. It does. Well, I've got, we started at the end of last season, the, um, in the you oddest transition blank look ever. on my face? Yeah, I know. Uh, we started, we, we pivoted from uh, Proust and started asking some of the James Lipton questions. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to continue on this journey, I think, for a little bit of season 3. I don't know how long it'll last. So, but you know, we I've gotten some good feedback about it. Um, people like the introspection. No, perfect. Yeah. They're not having to answer and record it at the same time. Um, but uh so one question that Lipton asks, are you ready for it? I guess I'm here. What turns you on creatively? spiritually or emotionally so it doesn't have to be all three creatively spiritually emotionally uh just start talking Can you do the jeopardy music or something i maybe i'll go with emotionally because we were just talking about this mm -hmm. um like a really good emotional drama movie mm 
mm-hmm. it is the fastest way to get the waterworks running for me. Mm-hmm. And that turns you on. This is not. Well, yeah, it turns on the waterworks. It turns on the waterworks. So, like, if I'm having a, like, if I'm going through, like, a a thing, like, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a lot of emotion. I'm a very, I'm a big feeler, mm-hmm. is how I would describe myself. And sometimes crying is just, like, the only way to get it out. Oh, yeah. But I think I've, like, stunted myself over the years. Because I used to just cry at the drop of a hat. Like, everything can make me cry. Um, But I've kind of, like, trained it out of myself or something. Mm. Um, And so I think if I need that release, the easiest way to do it is just to watch a a Steel Magnolias-type movie. Just cry straight through it, and I get to the end, and I feel like a, a washcloth that you've wrung out, and I feel better. I get that. Yeah. Uh, I do that with movies, TV. Some commercials will do it for me. Yeah. Um, They'll get me, like, in a space where I I could, like, cry through, like, three or four holiday commercials. Yeah. For, like, Publix holiday commercials get me every time. Yeah. And the whole family gets together. I'm more likely to cry at fake stuff than real stuff. Yeah. So. I get that. Well, I guess I'll take creatively. Okay. Um. I don't know why spiritual feels close to emotional. It's not really, but yeah. I'm just going to take creatively. Um, what turns me on creatively? Uh, I think uh, a challenge. Hmm. So, um, but, or like a cup of coffee. I mean, I'm easy. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really not that, it's really not that hard. Um, so on the flip side of that, what turns you off? Oh, no. Neener, neener, <laughs> neener, neener. Uh, let's see. What turns me off creatively, emotionally, or spiritually? You got to go to that place. I know. I have to close my eyes. I have to think about it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if this is the right answer. There's no right There's answer. No, There's yeah, no right answer. What does answer. that even mean? Stress. Like, turns off all of those things. It is absolutely the right answer it's just like anytime i'm feeling overwhelmed or um like i'm barely treading water i can't do any of those things like i can't be tapped in spiritually i can't be tapped in emotionally when stress is different than pressure yeah 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 they can feel related yeah but you know some people really work well under pressure and i consider you someone who works well under pressure i like that deadline that quick turnaround time so yeah and so like i and i think i want to differentiate that for people who don't know you well yeah because i do feel like those are two really different things and i feel like if it is one thing to be working under a deadline it's another thing to feel like you're working under the weight of the world yes i think that's a good distinction and i definitely think when i say when I say stress, I mean when I feel like everything hinges on like one thing or um, like if one thing goes off course, everything falls apart. And mm-hmm. then there's just no way for me to get my mind thinking creatively or to feel tapped into anything bigger than myself. Or like that feeling, you know how sometimes it feels like everything, <laughs> don't laugh, I will do it for you. Everything feels like it's going right at work. <laughs> but then nothing feels like it's Don't going right at home yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. When it's both is when I feel like I'm cratering towards the end mm, yeah. of something scary and spirally. Uh, yeah. So, But for me, I think it's meanness. That really oh. turns me off. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it when people are, like, unintentionally mean. It gets me in a bad space. Yeah. Um, or if you're going to be mean, like, put some humor into it. Darn it. Yeah. You know? Don't make yeah. us suffer through just straight meanness. So, I think that's mine. How do you feel about Lipton? Do you like I this? I like those good questions. Yeah. 
little these bit feel, more updated. Yeah, I was going to say, they feel a little more modern <laughs> than the Proust question. Right. Who's your favorite eating fruit and lounging poet <laughs> while someone waves you with a feather? It's just, or a leaf. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're rubbing you with a feather and Whoa. waving you with a leaf. Whoa. I don't know. We were just talking about turn-ons. What do you want from me? Speaking of turn-ons and rubbing with a feather. Oh my goodness. Where is this going? Why don't we talk about season three, episode one? What That it total feathers and waving totally put me in the mind. Of and one. we're calling this episode, take your big knockers and hit the road. I mean, it's pretty perfect. <laughs> knockers. And feathers. It's Anything? So close. Ah, dog on it. So let's do it. Let's do it. Season three, episode one. Um, we're calling it that, but um, LBT called it Reservations for 12 plus Ursula. So Hulu's description says, the ladies and their boyfriends, plus several of their children and grandchildren, look forward to a sunny Thanksgiving at a cozy beachside condo. Air date, November 14th, 1988. This one was written by LBT and directed by David Trainer. So you want to jump into some general reactions slash stray observations? I do. But do you want me to go first? I do. <laughs> okay. So actually, I I feel like all my general reactions are questions all the time. So I apologize. That's not going to change in season three. <laughs> but I'm, a sur- I'm, I'm saying it as a question, but it is more of how I feel, which is, is this the companion to our season two finale, Reservations for Eight, or what we renamed, You're So Good When You're Bad? It feels like it is. Is it the, did you say, is it the finale? The companion. The companion. So. I have hmm. evidence. Okay, go for it. Okay. So our characters mention the season finale, uh-huh. Ski Trip, twice. A failed ski trip, if you will. Right. So one, they bring up the whole separate room fiasco again. I was like, good Lord, didn't we leave that in season two? And then also late in the episode, Julia demands to know why everything spirals into all-out war between men and women every time they go on a trip. So it feels like we're continuing on that story. To what end, though? Well, I... uh, Okay. What I will say is if it is, if it is the companion piece, the confrontation in this one does feel like it's a little bit more productive. Now I'm talking about towards the end of the episode where they all, all the women burst except for Suzanne all burst into the men's room in the middle of the night. Right here. They at least attempt to articulate some things versus just slow dancing their troubles away. Right. So that's a good point. I was trying to figure out why these two episodes went back to back back to back. It didn't because you're using the word companion. I'm not sure that's how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like a companion to me sounds like an arc. Like mm-hmm. we're going to start over here. We're going to come up here and have some fights. And then we're going to end here somewhere worthwhile. But we had an arc in that last episode, mm-hmm. I think. Like they, even if it was just dancing with no dialogue, they concluded their issues with one another mm-hmm. was what I took away from the episode. So this is just like a... A weird second version. Now, have you tried with Kyle to, when y'all are fighting, to just see if you can slow dance? That's how we end our fights. Is that not what you and Casey do? Well, I'm going to start. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Is there another way? I... Yeah. So that's interesting. That's an interesting point. I, I just, and you've jumped straight to the thing I didn't like, which is, I don't like opening the season like this. It makes no sense to me to go from that episode straight into this one. 
Which does, you're right. It acknowledges this one over here, this being the old one. Too similar? Too similar mm-hmm. and to no useful end. Yeah. In my opinion. Although we give Suzanne more to do. In this this is true. So, which That's is true. nice. Um, Speaking of Suzanne, one of my stray observations, yeah. can I share it? Please. The idea of taking a pig to the Dairy Queen. Yeah. Aren't you the person that loves micro pigs? I do. Could you imagine a micro pig sitting in your cup holder? I don't know. Are they that micro? I don't know. I would love for them to be. With sunglasses on. <gasps> cruising through the Dairy Queen drive through <sighs> Wouldn't would that be adorable? That. And then we would share a blizzard. Oh, you would share? No. I don't think so. No. He would have his own. I won't even he let like a yours. dog like lick my face. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah, I could get them the, the, the real tiny blizzard. Yes. that I'm like, why does this blizzard exist? For micro pigs. Yeah, That's I didn't know. Why. It's definitely not for human consumption. No, God. I saw it one time it's and like it, just, it just pissed me off. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Why did I waste the gas to come all the way through the drive-thru to get a thimble of soft serve? That's right. I need a large. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. That was my stray observation. Love it. Well, what are your general reactions? Well, (laughs) they're all strays. (laughs) They're all strays. That's fine. They're all strays. Okay. Well, you want to share some... Hold on. Let me share my last general reaction. Okay. And then we'll move into strays because... We've got a rhythm we're trying to follow here. (laughs) Um, So my other general reaction is also a question. Okay. Should we talk about this whole women on women jealousy thing? Do you want me to say more? Okay, my second point to that, first point is... I'm trying so hard not to laugh because it's going to make me break out into a cough. Oh, <coughs> ah. uh, I'll just go ahead and fill folks in. Nikki is ill. No, no, no. Nikki was ill. Nikki's recovering. That's true. So With a lot of coughing. Yes. It's, it's breaking up. That's what I like to say. Yeah. So it, I think it's adding like, it's going to add like a nice little soundtrack to the bottom of it. Perfect. Kind of like Top Gun. <laughs> That's fair. So at least you have a reason to wheeze. I'm like laughing. I'm like, <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, okay. So my, so I guess like, would you like to even talk about the women on women jealousy thing? Did sure. that hit you at all while you're watching? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, did, did you like it? Did you hate it? Did it bother you? Did it not bother you? Um, hmm. It felt like at least there was... So there was a an object that we were talking about. So so going Ursula back being to, the object. Ursula being the object. Perfect. The subject maybe is a better word. Well there was a thing. Well, but wasn't she the object of the episode? Yes, that's true. So in the last, so the season finale, we're arguing over these um abstract concepts mm. versus a thing. And now right. we have the thing that we're going to argue over. You're landing on the, why, what makes it a companion then. Yeah, maybe I am. It's like an actual stumbling block versus a conversation. Right. Like they are being forced to face a true obstacle to their relationships. Yeah. I mean, but that's where actually where I'm going to come in because I don't think it's a true obstacle to their oh, okay. relationship. Fine. Was, because my thing is. I have my personal feeling, but I'm going to ask the question. Was Ursula enjoying the attention? You know, that is that is interesting because I actually didn't think necessarily that she was. Oh, you thought she was like thrown off or something? I She was bouncing in a corner at one point. Oh, was she? Them. Oh. After oh. they're playing the game. 
I thought she was just having fun. And the ladies were an unwelcoming crew. Agreed. So it's she not the way found I would have played a it. friendly group of people. It's not the way I would have played it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, well, okay. So my answer is I think she was. Okay. But I think she's doing that normal thing that uber attractive people do. They feed on it. They feed on the attention. I don't think I feed on it. I mean, people like me feed on the attention. <laughs> I'm way too humble for all of that. Um, so they feed on It's it, not even like. necessarily, and I don't even mean that in a negative way. Think about it this way. Uh, well, I'll use myself as an example because it feels weird to use you as one. <laughs> like any normal human being with blood running through their veins, if someone starts complimenting me on something, even if it's like something at work or whatever, I feed on that. Mm. I live on it. I'm not saying like, I don't, I don't even, I mean, I like it. Uh, but like uh it's something that uh helps motivate me you know keeps me going so i mean it more from that angle more so than like a suckling vampire or something feeding on it you know (laughs) yeah suckling Suckling. that's also for sweet tea after sweet tea tv after dark (laughs) um but that's what I mean. Like, it's it's almost like it gives her lifeblood a little okay. bit. And I, I feel like that's what I saw. But I also don't think that we should punish women for being attractive. I mean, that feels so terrible to me. Um, and I do think that happens. It happened then. It happened now. I don't know it ever doesn't happen. Uh, you know, one thing that I think is really, really unfair is that people may automatically think that they're less intelligent or trying to take their boyfriend, partner, husband, wife, whatever. That's not fair. Like, that's the not part fair about, to them as a human. The part I liked about Ursula, though, was it wasn't that she was just beautiful. No. She was all the Fine, things. but we'll get to that, too. Okay. Okay. And, well, I'm just going to start a new uh, group called uh, This Aggravated Me. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, I, well, I think they hit the nail on the head, though. It wasn't Ursula they didn't like. Not really. I don't think they knew how to act around someone. Because she is almost like this unbelievable person, yeah. right? Yeah. But, like... It was the way J.D., Reese, and Bill were acting around her. Yeah. Making them feel like crappy about themselves. That's what they didn't like. But I think they had to figure that out, too. Like, this isn't a, this isn't an Ursula problem. Right. This is a, our boyfriends, husbands, whatever they are. They're all sort of being buttholes. They're just kind of maybe not great partners. <laughs> it's, I think it's the thing that we're going to continue to come back to. Do you know who I think the real problem is? I'd, uh, no, no, no. Reese. Mm, yeah, he rears his ugly head again in this Every one a time. little bit. Yeah, but he Reese. makes some admissions too, and I don't think I don't think I covered this in any of uh, anything else that I had on my mind. But like, um, this is I don't think this isn't something that I really uh, held on to that much because I guess at this point I just don't care. Sometimes he's so annoying to me now. Right. Like, but he says this thing about like he just liked that she made him feel young. But then he made a face. Oh, indicating that's right like he was making it all winky up. wink yeah sure that sounds just yeah. as good as anything else i mean the other thing is like i'm sorry but if she didn't look like ursula would that have still meant right. as much to you yeah come on man so yeah. good point well i blew that out of the water yeah tell me about your strays we had another mary joe preference we actually had two of them only one was in the episode one is going to be a cut line we'll cover later mm. um but she says well now we know where they got the name Oh, pear. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So. Uh, other strays? I only have one more. Okay. 
What are yours? Okay. So it's almost like you think you know me and that I have more than one. I am trying to keep it short. But so my first story is we love to have Anthony in the cold open moving luggage mm-hmm. and then never more. Yeah. Stray one. Yeah. How did he get left behind on this one? Yeah. Why couldn't he have gone? Why? There weren't enough rooms. I wanted to bring him into the, I wanted them to bring him into the fold even they more. They were in a cozy condo with four bedrooms. It's just, just a tiny little <laughs> beach side, beach side's shack. Um, that was too many ch's in it. Uh, why did Bill and Charlene stick around to interview au pairs? They don't have any children. That was yeah, so weird. That was really weird. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if Anthony, why can't Anthony be there? Right. If they can be there for the au pair interviews. Yeah. The other thing is, is like, I'm thinking if I'm Bill and Charlene, I'm out of there. I'm like, good luck on your have au pair fun. hunting. Yeah. yeah. I'll be down at the beach. Right. Drinking cocktails. Um, and then this is, here it is. This is my point about Ursula. Why is someone as qualified as she is trying to get a babysitting gig for four kids for a week, two weeks? They're there for Thanksgiving, apparently. They were there for like four days. Four days. So as a parent, I'm like, why do you need an au pair? Well, let's talk about some of her accolades here. Okay. She has a master's in psychology. Uh, She's a graduate of the International Governess School in Oslo. Speak seven languages, and for some reason, we also felt the need to know that her mother was the wet nurse for the royal family of Denmark. Not really sure why we needed to know that, but I mean, I think we know why uh, we needed to know that. But um, all of those things, plus she winds up being a beauty pageant winner, but like a Miss Universe or something. Right. I can't remember which one it is. So all of these things, and the best thing that she can do is get a job babysitting kids for four days at a condo in Florida. It's weird. We're trying a little hard there. That's all. Maybe. Yeah. Some people like being an au pair. Maybe that is her life's ambition. But she would have for more than four days. I can even believe she'd be an au pair. Well, that... Four days. I think the au pair for four days is the part that we should be focusing on versus Ursula's resume because I think that was a flimsy storyline. Yeah. They really needed someone to take their kids down to the beach for their four-day right. vacation. I mean, she she graduated with the governess from a governess school, yeah. so obviously she's going to be involved with children. This just feels like maybe a... she's in her light chapter of her life. <laughs> she's done all the hard stuff. Now she's just taking little jobs here and there to pay the bills. Just running around Florida. She needs to tan. She needs to leave tan time. Uh, all right. Well, why don't you tell me about your final stray? My final stray is that Charlene got up at 5.30 in the morning. This is a level of detail that was included in the episode. She got up at 5.30 to wash her hair on vacation. That's weird, no? Let's talk about weird. Is she feeling some sort of way about Ursula, though, and trying to look nice? I had that thought. I had that thought, but I don't know that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. She could have gotten up at six and done that, or seven. Mm-hmm. You know, like the time she washes Charlene. her hair doesn't matter. It's Charlene, and like maybe this condo doesn't have the best like water heater situation. Okay, so maybe she's doing it out of like to make sure that she doesn't take away point. warm water from other people, so which ha- does feel like Charlene. Have you washed your hair at five thirty a.m.? I know vacation? where you're getting around to. <laughs> Um, I feel like, uh, the answer is, uh, probably no, 
Has it ever happened? Maybe if like we were going somewhere and we had to like drive far away from the yeah. condo or something, then then maybe. But I also feel like uh, the spans of time between I wash my when I wash my hair have gotten much wider as I've aged. It's yeah, all part of being hot and sexy. Um, and so I'm gonna go with no. Yeah. But uh, while we're on this Florida thing, okay. can we do a little Florida? Sidebar? Okay. A Florida sidebar or a Selena sidebar about Florida? Okay. A Selena sidebar about Florida. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't even know what my own segments are called. (laughs) It's a sidebar, Selena sidebar. She's got a keyboard looking for a reward by digging deep in the obscure, taking us on a detour. What you got, Selena? In Selena sidebar. Okay, well, let's talk uh, Florida memories. Uh, but before we even do that, I actually, I got to back up a minute because this really lands us at a very delicate Southern question. Oh, no. Nikki, Florida, yeah. call it Southern, not Southern. I feel like I always have really hot takes on this topic of states that are Southern and not. I say Florida Southern. Okay. I do. Okay. You want to give any evidence for that? Or you just want to say yes? Well, they're in the South. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, geographically, yes. Geographically, uh, Florida people have very strong Southern accents. If they're like native Floridians, they can have very strong Southern accents. Um, so, yeah. Th- those are my two biggest pieces of That's fair enough. Not to mention, I think a lot of so- other Southerners have made their way to Florida over time. So... Even if they weren't Southern that to start is, with. Uh, an interesting argument because I feel like I rarely hear the argument about Southerners making their way to Florida because I tend to think about snowbirds. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, obviously people move to Florida. Yeah. And some of them are going to be Southern. Yeah. So my answer is yes and no. Okay. Because I really like to muddy the waters. <laughs> and I, I think it depends on what part of the state you're in. Yeah. Uh, which I think is what you were getting at, but you didn't want to say it, so I'll say it. Okay. <laughs> I'll say it. Okay. But especially if, it, you know, if we're referring to these cultural Southernisms. Yeah. So, um, like eating certain, certain foods like grits and biscuits or religions. And by that, I mean college football or like the most obvious indicator, which you mentioned, like accent. Right. So I, I absolutely think that those things exist in Florida. And I I think somewhere I read the four, unlike the rest of the country, the further north you go, the more southern it feels. In, in, Florida, in Florida, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So I think the closer we get to the tip of the state, the opposite. Yes, because okay. I think you get more of a Caribbean influence um, the further south you go. Caribbean and, like, Latin American. Mm-hmm. And then the further north you go, you're pretty much, like... There's like a a no man's land almost that might as well just be Georgia. It might as well be South Georgia extended into Florida. Sure. And I don't mean to call it no man's land. I just mean like that space of land where it's just like. I'm highly offended and I'm walking out. (laughs) So Vox polled more than 40,000 readers in 2016 and 80% agreed at Southern. Okay. So the people are on your side, lady. It feels like there's this thing where people say, like, only in Florida. There's this podcast that I used to love listening to, um, Matt Belisai, uh, whine about it. 
And he has this segment where he says, like, only in Florida. And he tells these really outrageous stories. It's you true. have to be Southern to have those crazy stories. But Florida is a special brand. They I are. think I it's just, true. again, saw another one. Like, a story was in the headlines this week where I was like, Florida. God, it's different. What's happening there? They have gators. I, that's what I think. That's it. It's it's all the gators. It's all the sunshine and the gators. Well, on it on the show Atlanta, they call it the Florida man. So the Florida man. Yeah, everything oh. is the Florida man's oh, fault. Oh, okay. He's almost almost like like uh like the boogeyman. Oh, for okay. Florida. Yeah, I guess so. That. There's more to it than that, but it's pretty funny. Um, also, I just wanted to say that I'm not going to go into this because I could do a Florida podcast myself at this point, but there was a really hilarious uh, Ringer article about whether or not Florida's northern or southern. Oh, uh-huh. And so um, we'll put that in the show notes for people to read. It is really worth the read. It's pretty funny. Whether it's northern or southern? Yeah. Okay, because see, here's the other thing. I would never classify Florida as northern. So you can ask me if yeah. it's southern, and my answer is like, yeah, I think so. They may have just said so. Is it, it southern may be or on not. its own. Yeah. It's just Florida. It, I think that's eventually what, what they kind of get comes around, around to. to. Okay. Yeah. It, it's really, really well written. Okay. Um, it's just the kind of sarcasm you need in your life. Um, so outside of that great debate, which I'm telling you, it's fueled. Uh, <laughs> it's heated. It is. I'm, I'm hoping we can talk a little bit about our Florida experience. Um, so, like, maybe we can't fully relate to this episode and everything that's going on, but I think we can both fully relate to Florida vacation. Yes. Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. I've had all kinds. Right. <laughs> um, and if you're not from Georgia, you should know Florida is a top destination for us. One, because almost within driving distance. Yeah, you can be there so. in just like six hours. Yeah, you don't have to get in a plane. Yeah. You can, but you don't have to. Um, and two, there are legitimately gorgeous beaches there. Yeah. You can't take that away from them. You really can't. Yeah. Uh, and three, uh, you also have theme parks. Right. Disney World, Universal, Bush Gardens is somewhere in the mix. I, I've never been to Bush Gardens, but... I, no, it's there. And then Sea World. <laughs> I have been there. Um, and then uh, Wilderness Adventures. It's home to the Okefenokee. These amazing freshwater springs. Nikki, I think you've been to some of those before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you have any standout Florida memories, or maybe plugs for must-see places, things to do? You just reminded me. Oh, one that didn't make my list. Oh. The freshwater springs. Mm. They are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they are literally freshwater in the middle of the state. They have like, I don't know, 94% visibility. You can see as far as you have vision to see in the freshwater springs. They're very cold, um, but you can see. And um, you can swim with manatees in Florida in Crystal River. So it's not a freshwater spring. It's a freshwater river. Um, But I've done that before. And uh, manatee season is, gosh, I'll get the exact months wrong, but say like December to March, where they congregate toward the center of the river because it's warmer. So they make their way into the center of the river where it's warmer uh, for the winter months and you can get a snorkel and you can go snorkel right next to them. And they, manatees are sea cows is their other nickname. They're gigantic, but they are so docile. They will not hurt you. Um, dolphins are docile, but I've also swam with dolphins in Florida and they are a little bit more scary than manatees because manatees don't move very fast. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So my stepdad and I took a trip down to Crystal River a few years ago and went um, snorkeling with the manatees. And as soon as my kids are old enough, I'm taking them. Um, it's incredible. They're we, just amazing. We put one of those videos on social media before too. Oh, we Oh, good. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay, perfect. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite memories and it didn't even make my list. Well, that's because Florida has everything. <laughs> it really does. You hear us, Florida Tourism Board? Florida has everything. everything. <laughs> Uh, and they're from the South. <laughs> well, I don't want to cut you off with anything else. You well, then hear? my addendum to that, since I've now memory. added a fourth one, uh, is swimming with the dolphins. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite lifetime trips, um, like in my entire life. So when I was a kid, we didn't take vacations really, but my parents would always take like these long weekends with us. So like I never went, going to the beach for a week in the summer is a weird concept to me because I didn't do that until like high school and we only did it a handful of times. Mm -hmm. But until then, like we would get in the car cause it is like a six hour drive. My stepdad would get us ready at like three in the morning. We'd get in the car and we'd drive and we'd end up at the beach. And so we did Daytona, but one year we ended up at Panama city and that was, I probably the first time I'd ever been on the Gulf side and ever seen the Gulf of Mexico. It's different. It is amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. And so I don't remember all the specifics. Somehow we ended up with a pontoon boat rental. I think my parents had to sit through one of those like um, condo tours that they give you. Anyway, we ended up with a pontoon boat rental and we took it out into the bay and you can see like dolphin out in the wild. So what we were going to do is we were going to find like a sandbar and we were going to park the boat, um, like anchor in and then just hang out on the sandbar. So we get somewhere, it's a little bit deep. So we send my little brother, who's five years younger than me, we send him off the boat to like dive down and see like how deep is it. Um, he dives down. He That child like jumped out of the water. I have never seen someone come out of the water faster. And he jumps out and he goes, lobsters, there are lobsters everywhere. Lobsters everywhere. We're like, what are you talking about? So one of us went down with our like um, goggles and looked and it was just covered in crabs, the oh. bottom, the floor. Like it was too, it would have been too far for us to anchor anyway, but there were just crabs everywhere. So we moved and we ended up anchoring somewhere different and we get in the water and I jumped out of the water next because the next thing I knew a dolphin touched my leg because we had found where they were swimming and so my I think my sister stayed in longer than the rest of us because it terrified me I don't like to be in the water with things touching me but you can actually just that. like swim with these wild dolphin mm -hmm. and it was, it was the craziest thing it's my favorite trip if you ever want to know what it's like to be me and how things usually work out for me my swimming with the dolphin story is more like this. Did you get bitten? We actually paid to go do it. Oh, no. And then it was mating season. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, stay on your jet skis. Oh, no. It could get dangerous. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dolphins are very sexual creatures, apparently. Oh, my gosh. So, like, you don't want to get in the water. And they can't distinguish now, between humans and dolphins? I don't think they care. Oh. <laughs> so, what I'm saying, people... Is if anybody ever says they're mating, stay out of the water. The dolphins. If anybody ever says the dolphins are mating. Well, well I guess if anybody says they're mating. I mean, look, hey. <laughs> it's not really for me to say. But yes, I am specifically talking to about dolphins. Wow. Yeah. But that really encapsulates my luck in life. Oh, gosh. I hope you have better memories than that. <laughs> I'm going a different direction than that. For oh, me, okay. So. Yeah. 
You want me to keep going? Yeah. I'll keep have going. more. Yeah. Uh, every year we take a trip with our extended family to 30A, which is also on the Gulf side. Beautiful. Um, it's this like 30A is this lovely highway that runs down the coast of Florida. Um, and it used to be way less built up than it is now and very like rustic and rural. And it's a lot more commercial now than it ever was before, but still pretty like rustic. Um, it's not. There's not a lot of chain restaurants and things yet. And a lot of neighborhood feel too, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we go there every year with my husband's family. Um, my sister-in-law started planning this trip like 15 years ago, and they've gone every year since then. And since we had kids, we've started going every year. Um, so we look forward to it every year. It's We have certain things we like to do, and um, it includes renting a pontoon boat because of that fantastic time I had when I was a kid. We rent a boat now, but I haven't seen any dolphins. We did see one dolphin this last year um, hanging around the marina. But other than that, we just go snorkeling and hang out on Shell Island, I think it is. I might have that wrong. Feels like everywhere has a Shell Island. I guess Panama City does too. I think. That, so that's where it is. We actually drive into Panama City oh, to rent oh, the boat. Okay, so it's okay. the same thing. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll... So those are my memories. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been going to Florida since I was practically born. Like, literally, there's a picture of my dad holding me up. My feet are, like, in the water. And I'm, like, in a, probably an inappropriate age. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> like, maybe I'm two weeks old or something. <laughs> He's just, like... He was like 23. He's like dipping my feet in the water, you know? It seems um, perfect to me. We took Carolina when she was cute. two months old. Yeah. I mean, I would want to do that. Yeah. He should have tossed me in. I could have swam. That's what, that's what well, she, she was two months old and not sleeping through the night, and I was getting ready to go back to work. So we were like, well, why would we not just go to Florida and not sleep through the night? Like, let's just do that. I love and so that. We, would just be, we were in Panama City, and we went to a place that Kyle used to go. The other thing about Florida – what you remember from when you were a kid is not going to be the same mm-hmm. when you go back now. Mm-hmm. So Kyle used to go stay at this condo. I will not name names, but it's a very well-known condo facility in mm-hmm. Panama City. They went every year. And I bet you know which one it is. But go on. So he tells me about it, and I find a place there. We book it, and we go... It was awful. It was super run down. It was super dirty, super 80s. Like the bathtub was black. He, he doesn't understand why that was so weird to me. But And I had an infant, so I had to wash her in the bathtub. A black bathtub just shouldn't happen. You can't see what's in there. You have no idea what's in the bathtub. Um, so it was terrible. So everything, That's why they had it. And, but he's like, this used to be the greatest place in the whole world. Like this used to be amazing. And like he has restaurants he used to love to go to. There's a steakhouse in Panama City that he loved. We went with his parents. Wasn't the same steakhouse he remembered from being a kid. Yeah. I bet you it still has that 80s vibe because I think I know which one he's talking about. Um, Captain Anderson's is another really oh, popular yeah. mainstay there. Then so actually this... that's where we rented the boat right next door to Captain Anderson's. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then there's the, is it really called like Treasure Ship or something? There's yes. the one that, that's it's a closed cool now. Is it really? They they had oh. a fire. Oh. On our last drive back from Florida, I had this whole deep dive on it. And now I'm trying to remember. I don't think they've reopened. They had a fire, and oh, wow. I think they just decided never to reopen. Well, that's no good. I know. Well, so so uh, circling back to my two-week <laughs> exploit in the water, <laughs> two weeks old, not two weeks in the water, um, you know, it's just I, I have so many memories um, that it, it's, I mean, it, it was really actually hard to narrow down to talk about for here. Mm. But after doing some thinking, for the purposes of this segment, 
my plug is going to be St. Augustine. Mm. So uh, Casey and I did this trip uh, in 2016. We were actually staying at Ormond Beach, which is at the, I think it's at the north end of Daytona. And, um, you know, we just kind of wanted to see what St. Augustine was like. So we drove at least an hour to get there. We loved it so much that we went back a second time before we left. Mm. Um, Like on a whole other day. Like we just thought it was the best. We walked around downtown which has like this really great old world European feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got like little shops and eateries and galleries and points of um, interest for history buffs. It is, as you may know, the oldest city in the U.S., founded in 1565, which is kind of mind-blowing because we don't get a lot of that here. Yeah. And in the South, you yeah. really don't get a lot of that. Um, so I was I just remember being really like taken aback by that when we first went. Uh, if you're the type of traveler who likes to meander and browse, don't miss St. George Street and Avila Street. Uh, just beautiful to walk mm. around. We also went to Castillo de San Marcos. This is a national landmark and the oldest masonry fort in the country. It's also the only standing 17th century military construction. That was a Casey idea, but I, I don't think I ever would have been like, I've got to get to this fort. Um, but it actually was pretty interesting, and I you know I actually really enjoyed going there. But the, my favorite thing, we just stumbled onto it. It's called Flagler College, which is it's just beautiful. There's hmm. no other words for it. Um, it is actually considered one of the finest examples of Spanish Renaissance architecture. You know... I'm dumb. So when we were in there, I was like, I feel like I'm in Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) And then I go look, it's like Spanish architecture. I'm like, "Mm, probably not the same. But anyway, so we wound up poking around on our own. But if you find yourself in St. Augustine, there are two daily tours there for those who are interested. And it was actually the Hotel Ponce de Leon built in 1888. Uh, by the railroad magnate Henry M. Flagler, and then they transitioned it to a college many, many years later. So, but, like, even the fact that I was, like, walking around, I was like, screw you guys. How do y'all go to such a pretty place? Oh, like, yeah. I was, like, in Georgia State, so I was, like, walking over a speed bump to get to my desk um, <laughs> in, like, the bottom of a parking garage. So, um, so I get really angry when I see pretty campuses. I'm like, oh, yeah, you think you're special. <laughs> Um, my actual, the other thing that I just wanted to mention is that there's just something amazing about being on the way to Florida. Mm. You were talking about how you would get up at like, well, you wouldn't, but your stepdad would get up. I mean, we had to get up with him, but then we just go back to sleep. That's true. But like, there's, there's something about that. What, whatever that process is. Like the excitement. That feeling of waking up early, excited to get out of town. It's not quite humid yet, especially if you're like going in the spring. Driving through Dothan, Alabama Mm. was always exciting for me. This is like the quaintest stretch of little homes on the way to Panama City and other places that side of Florida. Um, Blink and you'll miss it. But if you grew up here and drove to Florida, you know. I mean, because it was just that thing there. I was like, oh, these houses, I love them. Blah, blah, so blah, cute. Blah. It really is. Um, stopping by for roadside treats along the way. Boiled peanuts, which I couldn't care less about, but I know people really like them. Vegetables, fruit stands, pecans, little jams and jellies. And then... Your drive to Florida is so different than mine. 
we had to stop at the scariest barbecue restaurant last year because Landon had to poop. We had to walk through. They still smoke in the restaurants. Oh. Yes. The bathroom door had a hole in it. You were in Florida already, yeah? <laughs> yes. Okay. Although I feel like you could get that surprise in South Georgia. <laughs> That's if you, true. If you try hard enough, That's you true. could. Um, well, now I feel bad sharing the rest of this. Because <laughs> I was also thinking about like that first burst of salty sea air as you kind of close in on your destination. Mm-hmm. Um, that feeling of relief, usually because you have to pee, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but when you, if you're landing, you have to poop. Um, <laughs> you pull up and like wherever you're staying, whether it's a condo or a hotel or a beach, wherever, you're just there and you're like so ready to be there and just run on down to the beach. There's just like really nothing like it, you know? I just love it so much. I need a vacation. I was so I was just thinking right before like, we started oh, recording, I was telling Selena I needed a vacation, and I was like, "We have our annual trip to Florida coming up." The way you just described it, it's nothing like my experience getting to Florida. Well, on the family trips, because I don't. Okay, and here's the difference: you travel with siblings. I did not. You have kids. I do not. Like so, it's just like all this stuff. It's like. And yet, I keep going back. Uh-huh. I just keep going back. And actually, I have bucket list Florida mm-hmm. destinations. Yeah. Can I talk about those? Oh, gosh, yeah. And this is something if, if the state of Florida tourism I think it's board, Selena's full bar now. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, if they want to support this, I would fully do this as a sponsored trip. I have um, a bucket list trip. I would love to go to Key West. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. My idea of a Florida slash beach vacation is very rustic. Okay. Like I want to be on the beach in a, like an old beach house. It does not have to be fancy. It does not have to be super nice. But I want to be able to walk out my back door and go to the beach every day. And I want it to be beautiful. I want the water to be beautiful. Um, I, I'm not trying to get in the Atlantic Ocean. That's not for me. I want it to be like the perfect visibility teal blue color that Mm -hmm. the gulf is so i'm hoping key west is like that it is in my head near key west is a national park called dry tortugas um Mm -hmm. you can you have to take a ferry to get there they only give out so many tickets every day to go but it is um like an old fort and it's on an island by itself and it looks incredible Mm -hmm. it looks like you are like in the middle of the caribbean ocean like it's incredible I want to go there. Sounds great. my bucket list. And then the last bucket list place is probably more feasible um, is Sanibel Island, which I think is south of Fort Myers. It may be north of Fort Myers. You're saying Sanibel? Sanibel. With an Uh S. Yeah. So Kyle and I flew down to Fort Myers um, when I was pregnant with Landon. So for our like quote unquote baby moon. And we drove to Sanibel Island from Fort Myers. Um, But we didn't have a house there. And so speaking of like my dream beach trip to be like in a house right off the beach, Sanibel Island is like that. It's very 30A, um, but a little bit more remote almost. Um, So there's just all these beach houses that are very near to the beach. There are also some beach mansions, which I would not be in, Um, but it's gorgeous. It's again, that crystal blue, like teal water. I very much want to go there. They also have a lot of seashells. That sounds lovely. Yeah, because the problem with like a shell island is they're no shell. Yeah, they've been taken long ago. It's no shell island, right? Is really, and that was like the case when I was little, and I'm far from little these days. So I hate to leave Florida. I don't want to leave Florida. Well, we won't. Let's talk about what we liked in the designing women. Okay, Florida. Uh, what What did you like about this episode? So 
I tend to like the destination episodes. I like where we're out of sugar bakers. So I liked that aspect. Um, uh, And this one's really easy. Like this one feels like low hanging fruit. Like it's almost cheap for me to pick it. But um, Suzanne's coming to Jesus with Ursula. Mm. It was just chef's kiss. It was nice. My favorite thing is how Suzanne is this like, we're supposed to believe she's this like vapid person that brings nothing to the table and is just like worthless and wasting space. And then she like swoops in and saves the day and does it with like almost like a pizzazz, like a a pizzazz maybe is the right word, but like a, she owns herself. Showmanship. Yeah. And it was, I loved that. Well, I think we have the same like. I mean, but like. this is this is where <laughs> just the one, just the one. Well, we can go into others, but that was the one that we have in common. Uh, well, just her telling her to take her knockers and hit the road. Yeah, that was because it wasn't translating, so yeah. she got straight to the point. And I really enjoy a straight shooter. Yeah. Also, why we named the episode what we did. So thank you, Suzanne. <laughs> thank you. That was also low hanging fruit. Um, and I agree. It wasn't selfishly motivated. Yeah. Like, it. what What does she care? She doesn't care about... Well, she does about... want that nanny room. Oh, that's true. But she... I, I When push comes to shove, though, I don't think there's anything she wouldn't do for Julia. And yeah. I think she's tired of seeing Julia. She's also like, didn't we cover this in the finale? Right. Yeah. It's time to move on. Yeah. She was like, and I don't even have Dash here this time. Yeah. Not that I'm sure, I'm not sure she wanted Dash there the last time, but Suzanne was my number one like for this Yeah, across the board. Uh, she's funny. She's weirdly relatable. Like mm. Suzanne is not always relatable. Yeah. Funny. But I think sometimes we talked about with the fur coats and just right. like the excessiveness, you know, we're not always like, oh man, I just right here, me and you <laughs> eye to eye. You <laughs> Get know? each other. But her like losing her luggage and that being a total pain in the butt. And it feels like she's almost like the voice of the audience in this one. Oh. Like, move it along. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And yeah. I really like, this is like my favorite line where she'll say, uh, well, if you'll all excuse me, I'll just be taking the maid's room till this au pair person arrives. Why? Because you will all be in your room changing clothes and I don't have any clothes. <laughs> and the men will be in their room and I don't have a man. And the kids will be in their room and I don't have a kid. So I'll just be in the maid's room. I do have a maid. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I was just like, I feel you on that, girl. I feel you on that. Not that I have a maid because I do not, but... I just thought that was really nicely executed, solid writing. Yeah. What else did you like in this one? What was it? My other one you covered, which was Mary uh, Mary Jane. (laughs) Different podcast. Um, Mary Jo's line after they interview Ursula. Well, now we know why they named them au pair. Yeah. So I just thought that was really funny. And you know I love a preference. (laughs) So what about what we didn't like? I got one thing. Okay. Um, and this is another case where I feel like didn't like just feels a little strong. Um, but we're working really hard to set up the conflict in this one mm. and doing some things that feel unrealistic. Like, 
um, taking time out of your vacation to find local childcare versus bringing someone along. Claudia mm. is an obvious choice who is conveniently missing. Now, can we make up oh. a reason why she's not there? She's no, a band practice. She's that. here. She's with her dad. Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, but it just, it feels like she's a built-in babysitter who we were like, nah, we need to bring in some big knockers on this one. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Was Quint there? You know, I really could I didn't recognize any Who of the kids. Who were those kids? <laughs> Who were they on vacation with? It felt like like not all of JD's kids were there. Yeah. I was I couldn't tell who was who. Because wasn't JD has a teenager too, a boy. Uh yeah, yeah. He he may be more tweeny, but yeah, so well maybe him and Claudia are dating and they're off on their own. <laughs> maybe Ooh. they got their own gun. Oh, that also sounds like a different podcast. It does, and it ends in a crime. Um so <laughs> Again, we talked about this one. This absurdity of Bill and Charlene sitting in interviews with great concern. Like, that's not, not even that they have them there, but they're like, mm, I, I just don't know. At one point, I think Charlene even calls, I think it was Charlene calls Bill out on it. It's like, we don't even have kids. Why are you invested in Ursula? <laughs> but too late. Yeah, right. You know, like after they've all like checked references. Right. You know, they're like, oh, one day. Bill had her test CPR on him. <laughs> just in case. You got to make sure they're qualified. It's, it's true. For the kids, Nikki. It's for the kids. Uh, and I've already shared my thoughts about Ursula specifically, who is way overqualified and, again, conveniently available to supervise kids on the beach for a vacation for, as you pointed out, four days. So that's mine. I just felt like this was such a bummer of an episode to start this season on. And then it just mm-hmm. got me thinking, like, did LBT get to choose the order of this? So was it intended to be a continuation of the season finale or did the network choose the order of this and it just randomly was the one they chose? We'll follow that under unanswerable questions. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good question because I, I, you know, I think, I think they get say in, um, the episode order, but at the same time, I'm sure the network can come in and, and, you know, put their foot down, depending on how strongly they feel about something. It just seems like such a weird way to kick off the season. So we end last season thinking about this conflict between the couples. No one really comes out smelling like a rose in that argument, although I think I would argue the men look worse. But the women didn't look all that great in that episode. Right. Um, And then we come right into this episode and exploit the worst in the women again, which is their insecurity about their looks with their partners. Yeah. To kick off season three. Woohoo! But it does feel purposeful. So, but I just, but like. It does to you. It, it does. I just don't know that she achieved what she was looking to achieve. So, I, mean, I don't know what she was looking to achieve. Okay, that's I, what I was going to ask. I don't know why you put those episodes side by side. I see what you're saying. Okay, purposeful. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I just don't know that, like I said earlier, like I do feel like the conversation wound up being more productive, but I just, I don't know other than Suzanne being amazing in this episode. Like, what was the payoff? Yeah, like there was just some real garbage slung about in the season two season finale. And... I feel like we didn't reconcile any of that. And maybe that's just an indicator of the type of fighter I am. But I would have been like, and do you remember when you said women are less than men? Let's talk about that a little bit. Where does Ursula fit in? Like, I would have pulled that back out. Mm. Resolved that issue. You would have resolved it, huh? (laughs) Scratched that scab and made it bleed again, at least. One of the two. (laughs) So that was my my big thing. Okay. It's just lame. (laughs) Well, on that note, how about a rating? 
I forgot to rate this one. Oh, look at the honesty. All right. Well, while you, I'm going to let you think about that real quickly and I will go ahead and share with you that, um, I gave, well, first of all, you know what? I messed this up. I didn't even say it correctly. Nikki, do you want to rate this sucker? I do. You do right now, right now in the minute. Um, so I gave it a four out of five overqualified au pairs. Like I said, this really bothers me. Um, but Suzanne is basically what got me from a three to four in this one. That's all. In this one, I think I love her at the same level that you love her all the time. Oh, she nice. she definitely was tops for me. And yeah. Like I don't I didn't necessarily care about the rest, but I loved her. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm gonna revise my rating that I just came up with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with four. For okay. for lonely beach children. Oh yeah, I guess they were lonely. Mm. At the beach for four days with their grandfather. Those grandchildren were at the beach for four days with grandpa, and he had to hire someone to come in and take care of them. Yeah, I'm so annoyed by that. Uh, it's rich people stuff. I guess, but Mary Jo is not rich. Charlene had no kids. Yeah. It's just it's just Julia, I guess. I think I think he's paying for all of it though. Mm, maybe. I mean, he's okay. like a high power attorney. I think he's paying for, I just made him high power. I don't know he's high power, but I, he's an attorney. He does well. I think he paid for the whole trip. I think he paid for the plane tickets because I don't know why they had to take a plane. I think that, um, I think that he also paid for, um, the pair and, uh, <laughs> I think he took care of it, all of it. Cause I think that's what that generation did. Yeah. So I'm going to give it four cause actually you sold me on it. I was going to go with three, but I'm up into a four because Suzanne, Suzanne yeah. really carried the episode. She did. She carried it all the way. Yeah, Good that's for her. True. I've got something new this time that I'd like to explore. Um, so it's a new segment where I would like for us to select who, in our opinion, won the episode and who lost the episode and why. Okay. Who do you think won this episode? I mean, 100% Suzanne, right? 100%. She was amazing in that last scene. Um, I said it already, like we just give her little credit for being dialed in and like emotionally aware. And then she like swoops in and just does what needs to be done. And it's just really impressive. She's and she, and she Mm -hmm. sent Ursula packing without being like super rude or ugly. Yeah. I think, I think that's fair. That's so graceful. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, she did tell her to take her big knockers and hit the road. I don't know if we would classify that as graceful. No, I would love for someone that to tell me. That would be fantastic. Anytime someone wants to tell me to take my big knockers anywhere. Yeah, exactly. I'm going. Exactly. And, and I think Ursula, to your point earlier, I think Ursula loved it. I'm a walk of pride. <laughs> <laughs> then my back's going to hurt. Uh, what, what, a, what a glorious day. What a glorious day for your back to hurt. Not from stress, nay, nor anxiety, but just because your chest is so heavy. Mananakas. Mananakas. Those poor women with large breasts are like, you don't know what you talk about. I know. They you just smacked me in the face with yeah. one of them right now. Um, who lost the episode for you? Uh, the children. <laughs> Poor children. They're the, real, they're the real losers. Oh my gosh. Again, I, I know I'm harping on this. They were only at the beach four days. I got to tell you, I've been at the beach for seven days with my children and I would love an au pair. It sounds but glorious. Don't you think that some of this is 80s? I think parents are more attentive now. Sure. Maybe. I think sure, they care maybe. more now. May, rich parents, maybe. Yeah. My parents would never have had someone caring for us at the beach either. Yeah. But we didn't have any money. No, but maybe week. they would have been like, bye, see ya. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. See we did you guys. spend a lot of time on our own. And then like, you know, mom and dad are going to go have some beachside cocktails. It was just wild to me. They And maybe this is your point where like it spent, this was such an invented narrative, but they spent like a day and a half interviewing nannies. Then they fight with Ursula for two days. And then Suzanne sends her packing on really what should have been the last day of the trip anyway. So it was all sort of, it feels like the energy would have been better suited just spending time with their kids. Sure. Yeah, making sense. Mine was Ursula. She she got the the goodbye, whatever. So mm. for me, it just wasn't easy. Eh, I don't know. She lost her job. She had to leave. She couldn't take three drooling men on a run with her in the mornings anymore, which seems terrible. But so for me, I was going to pick Ursula, but the children. I like your answer. I'm going to stay with mine, but I think your answer <laughs> is v- incredibly valid. Uh, then back to normal things, 80s things. I didn't have anything here, but as we've been talking, I'm thinking maybe I, maybe there are some things that I missed. I got nothing. I think outside of the clothes, which we don't really, because then we'd just be talking about it every episode, uh, because they're always going to look dated. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I am so glad you said that because I have a picture I have to show you. I bet you I know what it is. What do you think it is? I think you're going to show me JD's brave shirt. Which oh, is dog on it. I am, but no. I'm actually going to show you this outfit Mary Jo is wearing. Uh, so in the very first scene at the condo, Mary Jo shows up in this like green button-down jacket mm-hmm. in Florida. Mm-hmm. It is Thanksgiving, I guess. So she got off the plane where it's maybe cold in Georgia. I thought this was the start of, and I looked it up because I thought for sure that um, that Annie Potts. I thought for sure she was pregnant. And this was them covering up her pregnancy because it looks like a maternity outfit. Is it? No. No. She doesn't get pregnant until season four, maybe. Mm. Uh, That's just a stylistic choice. Oh. Yeah. Well, who doesn't want to wear a plaid potato sack? Yeah. Um, So I don't have any 80s things. I just think they're at the beach. There wasn't much it's dating. Yeah, because yeah. like when you're at the beach, you're at the beach. There were a lot of references that I think ended up in my references we need to talk about because they were 80s and I didn't get them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we probably have a couple in common there. What about Southern things? All of Reese's turns of phrase. He mm. says like, mercy and gracious no. He said those things like oh, two or three times. Oh, was that Marcy? Marcy. Oh, what did I, you think I said? I thought you said Marcy. I'm like, who's Marcy. this Marcy character? Oh, I know you can't understand my Southern accent. Uh, so he said those things, and those were all very Southern. Oh. And then JD was wearing a brave shirt about a quarter of the way through the episode. That's true. Actually, I I wrote it down. Five minutes and 35 seconds in. <laughs> I really don't know why. I think I remind my, I'm reminding <laughs> myself potentially for social media but I definitely wrote that down. What an excellent look into my mathematical astuteness that I call five minutes into a 20-minute episode. Oh, it is. Oh, my God, it is. It is. A quarter of the way through. Yeah. Yeah, I took a picture of it for you, just in case you didn't get the picture. Look at those shorts. I know. Look at that upper thigh. I know. There's uh, a lot going on. <laughs> I love to look at a man's upper thigh. Um, Suzanne says that her... It's her you were talking about this earlier with Dairy Queen. Uh-huh. But she talks about this new routine with Noel. Um, where they drive around the loop. So I just want to say I think the loop is referring to 285. With the top down on 285? Doesn't I don't that sound terrible? Being on being on 285 sounds terrible. When was so. 285 built? Uh, 64, I think. Okay. Um, That's terrifying. So 
For those outside of Atlanta or unfamiliar, 285 is the interstate highway loop encircling Atlanta, Georgia for 64 miles. It connects three major interstate highways to Atlanta, I-20, I-75, and I-85. So It is one of the most heavily traveled roadways <laughs> in the United States. And I bring that up because when I went to go take my second driver's license exam after I failed in Gwinnett County for tapping a cone as I was parallel parking... My stepdad made me drive us out to Cartersville, which is, I think, where I went, on 285, the day of my license exam. Hmm. I haven't recovered. I think some of the gray hairs on my head are from that experience. I, is it like clueless? Yes. Like suddenly there's a semi on you? For yeah. sure. That's just driving on 285. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, uh, it is an experience. It's terrifying. Um, I, I feel like it would have been more accurate for her to say the perimeter. Yeah. Than the loop, but it's not egregious. So, uh, you mentioned Dairy Queen earlier, and I just wanted to say that in addition to now, I want a micro pig who uh, eats a micro <laughs> blizzard with me. Um, although that's probably not healthy for them, but it's, the picture is still cute. Um, I want to stop and celebrate that it is an accurate reference for Georgia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the most interesting one they could have used the Varsity? Zesto. Oh, good call. A true Atlanta like establishment. Yeah, uh, but nobody else would know what that was. That's so, true. I don't know. And then uh, JD's brave shirt. So we already covered that. And it sounds like you've got some references on your list. So I guess just the one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really oversold that. There were a couple, and I honestly just was too tired to look into them um, because it looked <laughs> the height report on female sexuality uh, took me. Quite a, it, it took a lot of mental energy. Sweet tea and TV after dark. <laughs> so I ended up not being able to look into some of the other ones I found. I was just like, it's not worth it. So there are a lot of references they mentioned in their little game there at the end. Mm -hmm. Charades. Uh, but the height report was a study on female sexuality based on responses from 3,500 women to questionnaires. I found two different numbers just for what it's worth. 3,500 is the one I wrote down. Quest, uh, to questionnaires about their experiences of sex and pleasure. Um, the book, which was published in 1976, has sold almost 50 million copies worldwide. Um, and um, Height is the, uh, the researcher. Uh, she asked women ages 14 to 78 what they do and do not like about sex, how orgasm really feels with and without intercourse, how it feels to, I should have put an earmuffs warning, I'm sorry, how it feels not to have an orgasm during sex and the importance of clitoral stimulation and masturbation. Yeah, she could. Okay, well, how are, yeah, if you're mentioning all of that, how can we nominate this for a later Sweet Tea and TV After Dark? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, there's kidding. more. I'm kidding. I think there's a lot more. Sorry, that should have been an earmuff. Sweater. It's intriguing. The whole it thing is. is really intriguing. I, I think my mom has this book. So, I'm almost sure I remember seeing it on her shelf when I was little. I do. I mean, that almost could have been an extra sugar because mm -hmm. um, it sounds like the researcher. It still can be. No it's right true. There. It sounds like the researcher faced a lot of sexism. Yes. The reason she did the study was because she had encountered sexism. Um, she was tired of men reporting things about women's sexuality that she just knew from her own personal experience not to be true. Um, and so she wanted to have the, the research to prove it. Yeah, she sounded like a really interesting person. I One thing that I was wondering is, did you see that? So she writes three books that are mm. related to this uh, to female sexuality. And there's one that comes out in 87, 
which is why I think it may, it gets a mention oh, in this episode. Okay. Something I've sort of been on the lookout for as we're talking about references is like, but why is LBT talking about it in 87, right. 88, 86? So this is specifically the height report on women in love, a cultural revolution in progress. I'm like thinking maybe her book editor could have helped with that title, but that's okay. <laughs> it re- the title. Right. It revealed that 98% of American women found their sex lives lacking. Mm-hmm. So you can see how like, I can see how men are going to bristle at this. Yeah. Okay, now we're really talking about, we're steeply in heterosexual land here. And I wonder if they cover anything that's outside of just heterosexuality. I'm not sure because I didn't, I didn't like go read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did read up a little bit on it. But um, I, I think the whole thing is fascinating. You want to do a, I mean, well, I really do want to do sweet tea and TV after dark. And we could just do it like an extra sugar segment. Yeah. Because okay. um, I do think it's pretty fascinating. Well, I am the kind of person who can't help myself. So the other things that came up was Kissinger, a compendium of thought on the man, the the power, the politics. I couldn't think of it, but I I had trouble typing it. And I was just like, you know what? I can't. Well, let me just go ahead and break some news to you, Nikki. (laughs) Unless someone can prove otherwise, that book doesn't exist. Oh. And you know who has a lot of books written about them? Kissinger? Uh-huh. Like 45. And I scrolled through all of them. And you should have seen me. I was like, I just don't understand. But I never found it. So I don't know what they're I don't know what they're talking about. It's like they made this up. Unless somebody wants to share with me this wonderful piece of I don't know you would call it literature, but whatever. Share it with me because I couldn't find it. But Henry Kissinger did serve as the Secretary of State and National Security Advisor under Presidents Nixon and Ford. He's a very controversial character. So, you know, in some circles, he's revered as America's greatest statesman. Others might say he's responsible for perpetuating war and great crimes against humanity. So, sounds pretty American to me. Uh, the only other thing that I have for my reference was Berlitz. And I think that, like, if we listen closely enough, you would know that it's basically Rosetta Stone. Oh, yeah. um, it's just a different kind. So, uh, look it up if you're really interested. It's exhausting, right? It's more immersive than mm. Rosetta Stone is. Rosetta Stone is more individualized. But just in case anybody was like, "What's this Berlitz?" I don't know. If you want to take it, it's more for like companies, I think. Oh, like okay. organizations versus me being like, I think I'd like to speak Portuguese, which I would, by the way. That would be wonderful. Uh, so that was all of my references. Okay. Are we ready for my one cut line? Oh, yes. Um, we had, I think there were a couple in this episode. I only pulled out one though. Um, so it was when the ladies were in the condo talking about Ursula. The reason I bring it up is twofold. One I mentioned earlier, um, is another reference from Mary Jo. Mm -hmm. Uh, but two, I think it was pretty important stage setting for Mary Jo's insecurity. Um, so she says, gee, I don't know if we could compete with her, even if we wanted to. Um, Suzanne says, speak for yourself. Well, Suzanne, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I saw her bra hanging on the towel rack in the bathroom. So, so you're not top dog anymore. How do you know? Because I could get my whole head in one side of hers. Mary Jo, you put her bra on your head. I couldn't help it. You know how that fascinates me. Suzanne's cup fits me like a beanie, but Ursula's covered my whole face. Yes, well, Mary Jo, this just helps to point out the main problem you people have that I've been talking about. You're not competitive. I mean, you have here this gorgeous girl gets up at 5.30, cooks cooks your boyfriend's breakfast, then goes jogging with him, and what do you do? You're in the bathroom trying her brassiere on your head. I mean, you're as impressed with her as he is. So there you go. I'm Mary Jo. So that's the other reason I'm sharing that. (laughs) 
because I would totally have done that. I feel like you could have identified with that. Uh-huh. I have put <laughs> many a bra on top of my head in amazement. So do with that whatever you want to. So is that it? That's it. Next episode, season three, episode two, The Candidate. We'll have it renamed between now and then. Of course. We'd love between now and then, which is in five minutes when we record it. <laughs> We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. You can email us, sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. Uh, and our website is www.sweetteatv.com. And Selena, I have some big news. Big news? Uh, not going to be acting anytime soon. <laughs> Heading into season three. We're making big moves. Ooh. That's right. We've added a support us section to our website. Ooh. Featuring a few fun ways you could support the show. <laughs> including a Patreon page with some fun supporter tiers. I'm very excited about it. There, It was very cute. So if you visit SweetTTV.com and click support us, you can learn more. There you go. There you go. So thank you guys for your support always and hang tight extra sugar what are we going to talk about we're going to be talking about well 1988 because that's the year we're in yeah all of it perfect get out your pen and paper (laughs) it's also 1988 in (laughs) note-taking well you know what that means what does it mean selena we'll see you around the bend Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar, not to mention Season 3's first Extra Sugar. Woo-hoo. <laughs> well, it needs a little Drum fun. it up. <laughs> so, uh, one little tradition that we've made for our premiere episodes is to look at the year it is when the season premieres. Full transparency, we've been in 1988 since the back of Season 2, but we haven't talked about it yet. So, let's talk 1988, shall we? Let's. So, Nikki, hmm. we would have been three years old when the season premiered. I'm we are so young. So, just babies, tiny, <laughs> tiny babies. Um, I'm curious, do you actually even have any memories from being three years old? <laughs> no. I'm like, do you have memories from five minutes ago? No. Okay. My uh, earliest life memory is maybe five. Okay. But really, third grade is when it really, when my brain kicked in. I think that's... Average. Hmm. I think most people, eight or nine, is when they start have like, they say that people, if they, I've read stuff where they're like, it's impossible for people to remember underneath the age of eight. Well, I think that's kind of silly. Yeah. No, I mean, some people I can. have, like, two really faint memories from being, like, two. Mm. Um, but uh, I just, about this episode where we talked about Florida, I vaguely recall two trips to Florida that year. One, I went to SeaWorld with my mom. Hmm. I really remember they used to have the little dolphin push carts for kids. Like, they put them in there, like, shaped like dolphins. You don't remember these? I've never been to SeaWorld. Oh, you've never been to SeaWorld? Um, and, and then the other one was my very first trip to Disney World with my grandparents. And I think that's why it's so monumental. Like, and why mm-hmm. it sort of crystallizes those. Yeah. Um, and there was photo evidence, so I can look back. So is it memories? Is it pictures? Who knows? Um... But uh, most of what we're going to cover today comes from a very reliable website. Wikipedia.org. Sure. <laughs> Not even that. 
reliable pop culture madness so we'll share that link for people to peruse at their leisure we won't cover it all here only the most interesting tidbits that i found there so here's what i'd like to do i'd like to share some points of interest for you and the audience and then we'll play a low-key game or two depending on how much time we have sound okay okay they will be easy games i like easy games okay yeah i don't want you to think that i'm challenge me i'm good at hard games Okay. Uh, Beat my family and Clue two out of three times last night. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Good job. <laughs> um, okay, so also the other thing I'll say, as always, please jump in with any reactions, questions, or whatever. Now, here we go. Okay. People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Before I tell you who it was, do you have any guesses for 1988? <laughs> Why did I think of Sean Connery? <laughs> And Liam Neeson was the second one. Well, uh, I was Sean Connery out of his Sexiest Man Alive days by 88? I don't... I think there are a lot of women that still find Sean Connery very sexy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not with us any longer, but yeah. They still find him sexy. He was a very sexy uh, human being. Uh, It was John F. Kennedy Jr. Okay. Sometimes the regular... I mean, he was a president's son. Okay. He, you did not find him good looking. He's handsome. Yeah, he's handsome. Fun. I do actually think he's like maybe the most traditional. Yeah. Since it, yeah. you know, like he he's like a guy who really makes a tux look good. I tend to like the bad boys, like Sean Connery, but JFK Jr.'s fine. Are you sure JFK Jr. wasn't bad? I don't know. <laughs> I Could don't you, know. The let man. me actually ask you this: Can you pick JFK Jr. out of a lineup? <laughs> Probably the one that looked like JFK. I don't know. I actually don't Not think he looks like JFK. He no. really, I think he really picked up on the other jeans on the Jackie side a little yeah. bit. Um, I could pick him out of a lineup. Because I didn't think JFK was that good looking. I think JFK was more like, he's better looking than George Washington. Well, now, let's clarify, though. If your lineup includes other Kennedys or other, like, people who look like the Kennedys, you know. Oh, you're a Teddy Kennedy guy? Then I'm not going to be able to pick him out. Oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Um, okay. So, well, now you know. Did we spend Sexiest more time on that than you intended to? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Of course not. Could what you... I was going to say, what was going on yeah. behind my eyes, and then I was trying to decide <laughs> if it was worth saying is. Say it. JFK Jr. is one of those people remembering the timeline in which he would have been, like, super relevant. And that's hard for me. Like, I cannot remember when he passed away. 98, I think. So that's what it feels like. So 88 feels really early because his relevancy, like, that feels like a big window of relevancy. You don't even remember 88. This is what I'm saying. I remember nothing. It's a tough year. Um, Okay, so here's some notable books that year. Okay. A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking and Matilda by Roald Dahl. Oh, so Matilda. that had a huge influence <laughs> to on clarify, my childhood. I'm like, Matilda, I love that. It had a huge influence. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, amazing. I just, I think in my head that would have been an older book. The seventies. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then, uh, a brief history. I would have thought that was older than that too. I just, so this is what I'm saying. This to your point about us not really having a grasp on mm-hmm. 1988, I think is what I'm trying to get with that or get at there. Uh, price of a movie ticket dollar 57 no four dollars ha highway robbery that is about 15 dollars today oh well that's about what a movie ticket costs today i think that's what i have written down is for 15 (laughs) dollars 
literally today is how much it costs for an average movie go. ticket. I didn't do uh, inflation for $4. It wasn't worth firing up the website. <laughs> um, J- Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, we get a second reference here. I just thought this was really interesting. She edited Michael Jackson's 1988 autobiography, Moonwalk. What? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I just thought that was Why? bizarre. Uh you know, I did read up a little bit about it. I think he, he didn't even necessarily want her to, but I, what? But then, yeah, which I don't understand. Like, I'm like, why? Why not? Just but like Nor- moonlighting as an editor. Well, I didn't know she was doing book editing. Yeah, so that was confusing for me. But whatever. This one is specifically catered to you, Quentin Tarantino. That's not why. Had a cameo appearance as an Elvis impersonator in a 1988 episode of The Golden Girls. You're a Golden Girls girl, Nikki. Did I you know am. that? Maybe somewhere in the recesses of my brain. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So quite the a other women. Quite a bit role for him, but that was before he was Quentin Tarantino. Um, in 1988, Harvard Med- Medical School partnered with the film and TV studios to insert the concept of the designated driver into pop culture. The project was a huge success. Okay. I mean, we still use the term today. If that's not a good PR campaign, I don't know what is. So, I mean, because that's just cemented into that one feels, the nomenclature. 88 feels early for that one, too, to me. I think it feels a little late. Really? <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of people dying on the roads between the 30s and the 80s. Not when it should have happened, but in my mind, that feels like a mid 90s, like Mm, like mad. Yeah, like the 80s too. Actually, seatbelt wearing the um, like drug, (laughs) your brain on drugs, sort of like it feels like none of the rules of the road came into play until we were of age. Well, they do get stricter over time, and they still continue to get stricter. But I just I don't know that one really stood out to me. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon album was on the Billboard charts for a total of 741 consecutive weeks from 1973 to 1988. Holy crap. Is that not mind-blowing? That's amazing. I mean, it is a really good album. Wow. <laughs> but that just, I was like, what? That's like a million years. That's a long Like, who time. does that now? Um, although you go, Taylor might I, come close. You know, I was going to bring her up, but yeah, well, she had has her career been that long? No, <laughs> she needs time. Not yet. She needs time. Uh, in 1988, 13 percent of Americans surveyed thought the moon was made of cheese. <laughs> How many? 13. <laughs> That's alarming. I'm just going to tell you, but is it? I'm actually not surprised because there are people who think the world is flat. Yeah. Um. And that we haven't been to the moon. <laughs> so I think it's about <laughs> on par. I think 13% is about. I'm trying know. to imagine the person that believes the moon is made of cheese. I would like the world yes. the moon to be made of cheese. <laughs> I'd like the world to be made of cheese. I would take a bite of it. I agree. Yeah. So weird. What an amazing. The rest of their life must be great. Because if you wake yeah, up and you think the moon sure. is made of cheese, like the rest of your week goes well, I think. Yeah. Because. It's scary, but it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't surprise me. Um, In 1988, CDs outsold vinyl records for the very first time. Wow. Everything in that sentence makes me feel older than dirt. But nobody said anything about cassette tapes, and I was still buying cassette tapes well into the early 90s. 
So that feels crazy to me. Yeah. 88. Crazy year. What a wild year. The last major album released on 8-track format was Fleetwood Mac's Greatest Hits, also in 1988. <laughs> Old and tight. Don't you love this time capsule? <laughs> God, I love a time capsule. Um, Cosmopolitan Magazine ran an erroneous article stating that women had no chance of contracting HIV from sex with a man because HIV could not be transmitted, wait for it, in the missionary position. Good Lord. Thank you, Cosmo. Thank you very much. Good Lord. And then, not to take it down a notch uh, more, uh, but the doomsday clock was at six minutes to midnight. <laughs> this is according to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. As of this year, any guesses how long Well, I was away? wondering, are we like 10 seconds from midnight? We're still 100 seconds away. <laughs> it feels close. <laughs> it's a little closer than I'd like it to be. This is also, I think, before the Ukraine stuff really takes off. Oh, so I don't know what we are now, but I'm guessing we're closer. But you know what? They only release it at specific times, so they might still be crunching the numbers. Maybe. Um, I don't know what algorithm they use, but I like to think it's fancy and not just a dartboard. <laughs> Let's move on to a game of seen it, not seen it. Oh, no. I'm going to name the top 10 movies of 1988, and you're going to tell us if you have or haven't. And this is probably going to find us... Ladies, gentlemen, everyone else, whether and what Nikki's next movie review might be. Number one, according to Box Office Mojo, Rain Man. Yes, seen it. Number Such a good movie. Ah, perfect. Wonderful. Uh, number two, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, of course. Number three, Coming to America? I think so. I've seen pieces of it for sure. I'm pretty sure I've seen it all. You need to see the whole thing and all the way through. Yeah, okay. I, it is an amazing movie. It's it's probably the best movie Eddie Murphy ever did. I, I can't even hear this from you. Number four, Big. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's a great movie. Number five, Twins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number six, Crocodile Dundee, the second one. Yes. Number seven, Die Hard. I just watched that the other night. There you go. Number eight, I'll let you go from this one if you don't want to watch it. The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Oh my gosh, the Naked Gun movies are like some of my favorites. 88 might be your year. I love Leslie Nielsen. I can't imagine you haven't seen these last two, so you may be in the clear, lady. Oh my gosh, I'm sweating. Number nine, Cocktail. I have not seen Cocktail. Put it on the list. You know what I remember about Cocktail is that my stepdad had the album. I'm pretty sure the vinyl... Um, but it may have been a The last final CD. soul. <laughs> no, it may have been a ZD. I can't remember, but I can remember the cover. All right. Well, I'm going to highlight that one. And Beetlejuice. Oh, oh Beetlejuice. I know you've seen Beetlejuice. 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 I have watched Beetlejuice so many times. Well, I have got to list two movies that are very important to me, but unlisted. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen one of them, I insist it be your next watch. Okay. I don't think that's going to be a problem, though. Those movies are The Land Before Time Aww. and Beaches. Oh, Beaches is such a good movie. I couldn't see a world where you hadn't seen Beaches. Beaches, is that is emotionally stimulating to me. I think watching Beaches comes with receipt of your vagina. <laughs> Not yours specifically. <laughs> I think I had it before Beaches, actually, about three years before Beaches came out. Um, but yes. <laughs> the receipt? <laughs> Uh, um, Beaches is such a good movie. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, you 
just gotta love it. It's the best. The girls that played them at the beginning of the movie, I remember being a kid being so impressed by them as actors. Who did you feel most akin to? Oh, it, it definitely would have been um, the, well, I don't remember her name. All I can remember is the not star's Bette name Midler's, right now. Yeah. Not Bette Midler's name. Uh, not Bette Midler, the other character. Yeah. It would have been her that I would have felt akin Who to. Who do you think I felt akin to? Bette Midler. I wanted to be C.C. Bloom. Yeah. C.C. Bloom, that's right. Um, and, I, and I'm struggling to remember. But she had like a, you know, nice classy name like Anne. I was going to say know. Mary. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Uh, uh, I, I wanted that relationship. That friendship was so beautiful to me. Um, but yeah, two excellent, excellent movies. And I can't help but say with The Land Before Time, in case you don't know Nikki, anyone else, it was executive produced by the legendary Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Getting right, finally, everything Howard the Duck got wrong. <laughs> Just saying. Just Land saying. Before Time is a tragic movie. But it's wonderful. I love it so much. Yeah. So good. I, w- I also wanted to be Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been. I would have been that dinosaur. And I, I like it because they. That was not a gendered character. Hmm. You don't know. You don't know. And you know what? It didn't matter. I may be due for a rewatch, but I feel like that one again wrung me out emotionally. I'm not sure I'm prepared to watch it with my kids. Casey and I watched that when we first moved in this house. Oh, really? Yeah. Aww. It was just happened to be on or something. Oh. And it is just. A timeless classic. You absolutely make sure that your kids watch that. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. It's a milestone. Um, Our final round is going to be top 10 TV shows. Oh. Sorry. Designing Women is not on the list. I'll say the show and you'll say seen it or not seen it. Okay. Okay. Number one, The Cosby Show. Seen it. Number two, A Different World. Seen it. Number three, Cheers. Seen it. Number four, The Golden Girls. Seen it. Number five, Growing Pains. Oh my God, seen it. Number six, Who's the Boss? Seen it. Seven, Night Court. Seen it. Eight, 60 Minutes. I'm sure I've seen an episode of 60 Minutes. Feels like an outlier. (laughs) That's weird. Number nine, Murder, She Wrote. I don't know that I've ever watched Murder, She Wrote. I really don't think I have, which is weird. It may have come on like during the day one time, but like I haven't made a conscious effort to watch it. Highlighting. And number 10, Alf. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, I've seen all of them. I've also seen all the movies. I don't remember if I saw that specific Naked Gun, but I know I've been in the Naked Gun universe and yeah. I wanted to get out. Yeah. Oh, really? Even when I was little, I had a really hard time with parodies, I think, when I was really I love little. Them so much. Because I didn't, I, I just think that that kind of comedy went over my head when I was younger. Because, like, I loved Austin Powers when I got just a little bit older. But then I was like, I don't know. What about Robin Hood Men in Tights? Fine. But I would have really? much rather have seen Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. So the Naked Gun, um, 33 and a third, maybe? Oh, I think, I think is... that might be the one I saw. Oh, my God. I love that movie so much. You know he started out as a serious, serious actor. Serious actor. Man. And I, I just, I love that man. He, I'm glad he made yeah. that shift. I, I just love absurd comedy. Like silliness. I love, um, what was the Top Gun um Oh, I just heard hot, about that. The hot Shots. Hot Shots, yeah, with Charlie Sheen. Have you not seen that? Uh, I think I did, but I was real, real little. Put it up there. I'm one of my favorites. I yeah. love the Hot Shots movies. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Sheen was actually, I think, up for Tom Cruise's part. So I Gun. preferred Hot Shots to um, The Naked Gun. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say to Top Gun. 
No, uh-uh. Um, but I preferred Hot Shots. I just think it was funnier. But The Naked Gun was really funny. Yeah. Well, everyone, that's a little snapshot of 1988. Did I miss anything glaring? Let us know. You know how to find us. Lots of ways. Meanwhile, let's see if we can talk Nikki into watching Cocktail. And that's this week's edition of Extra Sugar. <laughs> <laughs>